Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Fanbyte's premier RPG podcast. That's role-playing game podcasts for our new listeners. We've just come up with this term, and I am Steven Strum. Uh, I'm here, I'm queer, and for some reason, I beat Fallout 4 this weekend, but I'm also joined by one John Warren of Fanbyte.com. You're here, you're queer, and you forgot to tell us what the name of the podcast is. It's 99 what? Oh, did, is it 99 Potions? Is, do, <laughs> yeah. we, do we, we, keep, we decided to keep that name? <laughs> yeah, we, we decided to keep that name. Hi, how's it going? I feel like I haven't been on this show in like 28 weeks for some reason, but anyway, hi. How's it going? Yeah, welcome to 28 Weeks Later. This is what that movie was about. I'm <laughs> 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 missing a podcast. Yep. Uh, as you could probably also tell from the uh, sound of their beautiful laugh, we have Imran Khan on once again this week. Hello, I'm here to not be bullied by Natalie. Finally, now oh, is the time. Yeah. Yes, now we can run free. We we have nothing limiting us. <laughs> the bullets can't catch us anymore. <laughs> We're now running through the RPGs. God, I get the the first show. What date is that? Okay, it's uh, August fourth. That first show back for Natalie, she's gonna absolutely like <laughs> unleash a month's worth of like <laughs> bully bully power on us. Like she wait. couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't make it twenty four hours before she jumped into Slack to make fun of everybody. I know. <laughs> Unreal. On her vacation. By the way, uh, for people who don't know, Natalie is going to be out for the next few weeks on a uh, sanatical, as I've decided to uh, call it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, good. Uh, thank you. I just John. had no reaction to that, which is a grunt, like, mm, yeah, <laughs> <that's fanatical. laughs> Okay. Well, this is what happens when we get to allowed to uh, run free. Is that you know we try some new things, we try, we try some, some jokes that don't work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we get experimental in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Natalie will be back uh, next month. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to have uh, probably uh, at least one special guest in the form of Imran Khan here. Um, we'll see how things go from there. Yeah. But uh, one of the reasons we have Imran on this week specifically is to talk about one Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade Intermission. <laughs> a thing I have not played, but I love the name. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, been, it's taken me a few weeks to kind of really identify like, okay, Intergrade is just the like the remastered good looking PS five stuff and intermission yes. is very specifically the UFI stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll Steven, be talking you, about the UFI stuff. Have you not played it? Cause the name is too long. Cause you spent yeah. all your time just reciting the name of that game, which is <laughs> entirely like it's Nintendo bad. Like it's square Enix. <laughs> like bad. It, it feels like Nomura's contribution at this point is going like the name needs to be longer. Let's do that. Can we get some numbers in there? Can we get a fraction? Yeah, How many days right. does this take place? Can you make it sound like it takes over more days? We're, we're, I mean, we're, uh, listen, y'all joke. We are one new game away from that happening. Like, whatever's coming next is going to have some absolute batshit fraction in the, I mean, it's going to have a, like a factorial in the title or something. It's going to be unbelievable. We're going to have to solve an equation to say the full name of whatever's coming next. So we should honestly know. get Natalie into an interview with Nomura just so she can bully him into stopping this oh shit. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like 
it's it's actually it's actually I think a net negative that Final Fantasy VII sold so remake sold so well because mm. Final Kingdom Hearts three was I don't think a total disaster but it was not what people expected or whatever and I think we were finally on the cusp of Nomura basically um, being yeah. knocked down a peg and then Final right. Fantasy VII remake came out and it's like ah oh, fire vision yeah. back up baby yeah he he made he made a really bad game and then made a really good one which is just like ah oh, come on Nomura like give us three bad ones. <laughs> this is kind of like it's separate from the topic of Final Fantasy, but it is no more eccentric. Did you guys see that quote he gave about the Stranger of Paradise, like how he designed the characters and what kind of story he wanted to tell? With I it? wanted to tell the story I, of an I, angry man. Yes. Is that one? <laughs> New to video games, the story of an angry man. <laughs> Finally, some the tale can be told. <laughs> Kratos uh, is like, God, why didn't I think about that? I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I want to, like, generally speaking, um, when there are quotes going around from, especially from Japanese developers, especially well-known Japanese developers, I always take it with a grain of salt because, uh, the, I, you know, I always assume some nuance is being lost in translation and localization across those things. But at the same time, uh, I absolutely believe it coming from Nomura, a man who, like... <laughs> who did Kyrie so dirty in Kingdom Hearts. Anyway, <laughs> we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, we are here to talk about the Yuffie chapter. And for, for people who don't know, this is why we can't have Natalie on this episode is because she's never going to get a PlayStation 5. That's um, <laughs> correct. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Although she's going to take the next month and try to track one down. She's oh, yeah. Travel the, travel the globe looking for one random ps5 available to her yeah. yeah did i not specify that's what she's doing on her own <laughs> <break>? <laughs> um yeah but uh so what they've done here what square enix has done is uh the final fantasy 7 remake that came out on playstation 4 i think still only playstation 4 or is it also on xbox uh, oh, it's only on, only on ps4 only on yeah. PS4. Only on PS4. They put that out, and now there's a PlayStation 5 version of it that has graphics. <laughs> like, I remember they had that bizarre trailer where they showed, like, here's how the improvements to Final Fantasy VII integrate, and it looked exactly the same. Um, but uh, which, which is a testament to how good that game looked yeah. the first time. Like, good point. A really, really good-looking game made, I think, marginally better by the PS5 stuff, but it's like... Yeah, that game was gorgeous to begin with, and so a lot of those improvements <laughs> might be kind of lost on most folks. I mean, they, they fixed the door, which everyone had a weird obsession with. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I didn't. I did not latch onto that the way other people did. But I'm, I'm happy for you. I ain't reading all that, but I'm happy. For you. <laughs> like the door texture wasn't great. Notes. It wasn't great, but I'm like, okay, it's one door. Who cares? Right. right. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that that's the thing, though, right? Is like, it's like wall guy has just like never left the video game sphere. It's just like you always got to focus on one thing, like one screenshot goes out there and it becomes the meme. It's like every every major video game that is like any kind of flaw with it. I think that is the new primary fear among publishers is that they get Mm -hmm. memed. It's like where Mm -hmm. you get what was it? Craig from Halo Infinite. Oh, yeah. Craig from Halo Infinite. Yep. Yep, yep. And then um, you have to do the thing where your community manager pretends that like, oh no, we all we all been like we really knew. loving the meme. It's hilarious. <laughs> we knew Craig was gonna be a hit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm here with all the devs. They're just laughing with me out of frame. <laughs> 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 um yeah so they they proved the the visuals but i think the thing that everybody is here to talk about uh is something that i know nothing about other than what i've seen in trailers which is that they added a add-on chapter 
called Intermission onto Intergrade, where you play as Yuffie, an optional character from Final Fantasy VII that is actually uh, pretty difficult to get if you don't know specifically to go get her, uh, and yeah. doesn't have a lot of character development in that first game, is also my recollection, not a, but not filling her up. Yeah. Um, so she shows up shortly after the, is it shortly after the Midgar stuff? You can go get her, uh, yeah, initially? The first time you can go get her is shortly after Midgar stuff. Yeah. It's okay. not like super easy or straightforward, but yes, you can. Okay. So now she is getting her own chapter in this thing to kind of like introduce her into the fold and give her some more character development. And my understanding from Imran and a couple of other people is that there is some big story stuff towards the end that I was avoiding, uh, that, that I miraculously avoided getting spoiled for me until this, <laughs> until now. But uh, we're going to spoil it for you live. Steven. So that also Very means that everybody exciting. else is going to uh, get spoilers uh, for them. Uh, Jordo, just mute yourself for this, for this one. You don't need to, uh, you don't need to listen to us to produce us uh so so you're good um yeah i don't know i i don't know where to start with this one so if you what you folks want to take it away like uh i, I think like I, I think maybe just starting with kind of what, what you alluded to about this character not having a very firm place in the main cast of the original game it's kind of like a uh, a, a, a bit of a superfluous character. In fact, like a lot of stuff that you can do in Wu Tai is also kind of optional. Like there are a yeah. lot of things that that Yuffie Yuffie's story kind of fleshes out a lot of things that are happening in that world in the original game, but not maybe not really a big part of the central conflict. And I think intermission is a way for that team to more tightly weave her into the fabric of like uh, an overarching story because I do think she's a good character and we knew that we well we didn't know but we could have guessed that a lot of these things would have a bigger part in the remake stuff because they start talking about Wu Tai early and often right in um and so Wu Tai is another nation it's it's you know far away it has uh conflict an ongoing conflict with Shinra and Midgar and things like that. And so, um, yeah, there is some history there from the original game, but it is much more hushed out. Uh, in fact, I believe, and I, I can't believe I never really triple checked this, but the one of the bombings in the the remake uh, gets blamed on Wu Tai. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, uh, to my knowledge, a totally new. That's that. That was a totally new wrinkle to that. Was saying, "Oh, we're naming Wu Tai as basically the aggressor here, right?" Because um, they're trying to engineer like a new war with Wu Tai, basically. Correct. Kind of. Yeah. It, it gets very. In my recollection of the of remake is that it is. It gets very like. 9-11 um po bush years sort of yes. elements to it where where it's sure. like very much like the military industrial complex is basically trying to hype up people for a war with a foreign power so that they can stay yep. in power and continue to exploit resources yeah yeah like it's also so, like there is some degree of and not to get like too overly political with this sort of thing but like some degree of the so are Syrian Libyan wars at this like of sure. uh, Wutai is actually involved. They are not like yeah. They are being blamed in our for a bombing they did not do, but they right. are still support like financially supporting Avalanche. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they are a player in this. They're not totally benign, but they're you know their involvement is overblown and manipulated by Midgard to make them look worse essentially. So 
And also, if, I, if I'm remembering, again, it's been a minute since I played Final Fantasy VII Remake when it came out, but if I remember correctly, wasn't it that the main Avalanche branch, which I think was also a new idea for, for Remake, the idea that like Avalanche wasn't just like four people in a bar, it was like yeah, a yeah. big organization. Yep. Uh, Barrett's group was considered like more radical, like That's too radical for style. the rest. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is a thing that comes up quite like, it is not yep. a central point, but it's a very like strong peripheral point to the Yuffie DLC, is mm. that she is working with the main group. Oh. She, she personally very much dislikes Shinra, so a lot of the like discussion between her and Sonon, who is her, her partner who she does not know until this DLC, uh, is, should we just be working with the, the other guys? Because they seem yeah. like they really know what... Th- they seem like they're getting things done. Yep. Yeah, they, <laughs> no, they seem I agree. Like, they seem like they're, they're our kind of angry uh, instead, of, instead of these other weird milk toast people um, that you meet in this game. Um, but yeah. But like, yeah, crucially in that, in that distinction, like the, the group of Avalanche that is getting funded is the one that is not bombing reactors and stuff like sure. that, or not, not as much as, uh, as Barrett's group is, which I actually, is one of my favorite details about, it's yeah. interesting to see the other side of that. Cause one of my favorite details of Final Fantasy VII Remake was that like the good guys are the ones who are like, no, we're done. <laughs> we're gonna, right. we're just going to blow shit up. Like some stuff is going to get destroyed and yeah. people are going to get hurt, but that's the cost of this sometimes. So, so to, to make yeah. real change yeah um so intermission takes place kind of like smack dab in the middle of final fantasy 7 uh remake i guess which is an interesting place to to i don't know have a game take place um but yuffie shows up in midgar and she's trying to steal the ultimate materia uh imran do you want to talk about her introduction for a moment because i really i don't know i liked i liked i liked how she was introduced in this game so she shows up in co- like a Moogle costume, which is everyone who has played FF7 obviously knows, oh, this is Yuffie. And obviously, if you bought this, you know it's the Yuffie DLC. <laughs> but like, she shows up like kind of juggling materia and like they, they do a very good job of cutting a middle ground between Yuffie just being a big clumsy dork because she's a teenager and also being a trained ninja. So the way mm-hmm. they show that off is she is. Like she literally falls off where she's standing and then manages to catch herself before she like actually does some real damage to herself. And like I think that's a good way of introducing her immediately of this is not Cloud. This is not someone who is too cool for school. They are they think they're they have the skills to back it up, but they are still just like a kid. And I think that's I, I'm not sure exactly if that's what you were getting at, John, but that's I think the best like the best that, introduction of a character so far in this like remake series. It was the it was the best introduction because it just tells you everything you need to know about her in about two seconds. Where she's like doing cool stuff, but she's also like doing like orb tricks, like some sort of like street magician, which is just like, <laughs> like David Bowie no, in the labyrinth. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly <laughs> like David Bowie in the lab in labyrinth. Just doing the you know, I, 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 she's like, who do you do the power of the babe, and then like. <laughs> Like, Faraga. around, yeah, um, yeah. Like, I, I just thought the introduction was really nice, and it, it just was immediate recognition of like, oh, like everyone really likes this character. We just didn't give you enough of her, like in in any sort of official capacity before. And this seems to be kind of like a make good for that, I guess. Um, which is, I don't know, cool. So yeah, I really, I really liked her introduction. She, she, I don't know, she explores some areas that. 
we visited in the original game. I mean, there's a lot of recycled content, frankly, yeah. in, in the intermission, which is like fine and expected, but you're not treading like a ton of new ground, I guess. We're, we're not going to ever see Midgar again for the next like 18 years of development. Uh, so <laughs> they got to use those assets somewhere. Got to use them. Yeah. They paid for um, them. But it's, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed from a gameplay perspective, I enjoyed getting to play as Yuffie because there, you know, she's got some different gameplay stuff where she can like throw, you know, her weapons are basically throwing weapons, like big throwing weapons. She can kind of throw them and also like do little magic things. While she's basically her, broken. Like she's broke. She's real, really OP. If they add her to the main party as she is, like there's no point to playing as anyone else. Oh, yeah. interesting. It it is bizarre to me how unbalanced she is. Um, because yeah, I mean, Steven, if you can get get this kind of idea in your head of like being able to throw, you know, throw a weapon and that weapon is powerful, but while the weapon is also thrown and away from you. Like, it's like if God of War, like, Kratos could throw the axe, but then while the axe is away, Kratos could also just, like, summon every magic conceivable <laughs> at once. Like, it's just like, wait, why is that possible? Like, why can she do that? Um, and she's got these, like, ninjutsu powers, basically, which, like, is apart from the materia that she can also use. So she's just really powerful, which is fun, but I'm also, I'm also like you, Imran, like, I don't know how they. I don't know how they slot her into uh, the main party without everyone just being like, "Okay, I'm just going to use her the whole time." Yeah. Is it? You think like because you have a smaller party in this one because you don't have like your full Probably. group of three in this one, right? It so, is just Yuffie that you were the just Yuffie, Yuffie is the only person you play as. Sonon yeah. exists there as like as a how do I put it? Like he's a partner <laughs> like, character. He's like Red Thirteen like was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, he will exactly. do stuff. You can give him orders. Like he has his own materia set and equipment and all that. But you never actually get to switch to him. You are only playing as you for the entire DLC. Yeah. Right. So I wonder if that's like their way of balancing that out is like, well, Yuffie has to deal a, a Yuffie has to deal with all of this stuff on her own because you can't be switching between like Tifa and Aerith and all that stuff. And B, I wonder if there is an element of like, listen, people haven't played Final, uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake in like eighteen months. We gotta make this a little bit more manageable. We gotta like people aren't gonna be very good at this combat anymore because it comes with that warning at the beginning, right? Where it says like, "Yo, listen, this does not have a real tutorial. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VII mm, uh, remake, maybe yeah. go back and do that first because you're gonna be lost in the combat." They are not kidding because I was very lost <laughs> in the yeah, combat. I agree with you, Imran. That was like one of one of my big complaints of the DLC is that like. I I th I thought Final Fantasy VII Remake's combat was frenetic but manageable. I the, the intermission stuff I was like I was I was mostly button mashing and I was like oh I won like most of the time like yeah. it was it was pretty wild. I was not doing anything heavily strategic during I don't think really any of the battles I played. I I was always kind of surprised that I won every yeah. time. I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's the same with the main game where like on normal it is not like you can button mash just get through it. Uh yeah. but if you try to do that on hard, yeah, on hard you need to understand every single enemy and you need to understand right. that battle system really well. If you have forgotten that even normal is a bit of a challenge, hard mm -hmm. is literally just impossible. Like yeah. I, I went back and tried to do that because you don't unlock it until after normal in the first place. But like every single enemy becomes a, a maze like puzzle and 
I had to go back and play a couple of chapters of the main game to be like, okay, how do I do this again? Like, yeah. let me figure this out at max level versus just getting my getting my ass beat by these normal like normal enemies. Things. Yeah. yeah. Did, this is like kind of actually a broader question beyond in intermission, which is I thought that I saw that there was some kind of quality of life changes made to seven as well. Did they ever go back and add the ability to like change out your gear or materia mid fight? No. Okay. Jesus. Cause that's, that's one of my good. biggest problems with that game is that like those, you're right. Those fights are like puzzles a lot of the time and they're puzzles that rely on equipment that you select before the fight starts and right. can't change mid fight. So it's like, yeah. oops, I didn't bring wind magic into this fight. So I guess I'm fucked and just need, it's faster to just restart from the previous checkpoint, change all my gear and come back in than it is to try and win this fight right now. Like I, I'm actually kind of bummed. That's yeah. an interesting thing about intermission specifically or inter yeah. Intermission specifically is that even if you don't have the right element, which I know I, that was the complaint they seemingly took to heart. Mm. You, yeah. The combination moves with Yuffie and Sonon generally can just break every enemy. Okay, yeah. like you, you I, it doesn't work in hard mode quite as well. But you, you don't need to be like, oh, well, I don't have fire. I guess I just have to restart. Right. Like, yeah. It is much. One of the also other things they they apparently did take into account is in the original remake, only the character you were playing as got uh, attacked. The enemy would only focus on them. They would not focus on the others unless they were big like wave attacks that kill everyone at once and this one i guess since yuffie is the only character and they didn't want enemies to only be focused on yuffie the entire time the enemies do actually just go like character uh has the ability to draw aggro which is a bit more mm -hmm. mmo like but it is yeah. a thing that like i think this is them testing stuff of okay what changes can we make to the battle system for next time yeah. because people didn't like this this one aspect yeah see what your point about you know not being able to change your gear or your materia mid-battle like that's something that they could have scoped from the original game like 25 years ago <laughs> where it's like where it's like they were like well yeah there were some battles that you would you would have um like there was one boss battle i remember in the shinra mansion which is like later in the game but it's like if you don't have specifically the elemental stuff equipped, you're basically toast like right away. And, you know, it's like these are issues that they could have scoped from 20 years ago that they didn't, you know, decide to fix. And I guess like, you know, we could also just expect that to happen in the new one. But it would have been interesting if they had made that change for intergrade, but they didn't. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I'm also just spoiled. I've been playing a lot of like Shin Megami Tensei three recently, and sure. I think those games like handle battle systems like that are weakness focused, like better than yeah. anybody. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting balance because like I don't think I want Final Fantasy seven remake to turn into vagrant story in the sense that you've got to like min max every sort every single battle you go into to make sure you have exactly what you need and like oh my god get yeah. things in exactly a specific way and i don't want things to be that precious i think but i also think like i don't know but i i did a whole lot of button mashing and intermission and didn't really get i didn't really like get what was happening for most mm. of the time um that might be my old eyes speaking but it's like i was just like i was kind of visually tired by a lot of the battles uh oh in interesting one. more more than remake i feel like yuffie it, moves around a lot and like yeah if you just mash buttons she and Sonon will do like tag team attacks that i honestly just couldn't tell what was happening for a lot of it <laughs> like oh they're yeah. just bouncing up and down on this enemy and it appears to be working so great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I that saw actually, a lot of flashes and heard a lot of buzzes and then the meter went down. So I'm like, good. <laughs> Number go down. That's good for me. Uh, I, like, I actually don't like that. That's like, like speaking of 
uh, Shin Megami Tensei games, like, I think one of the problems, with, my, one of my problems with Persona 5 Royal and with, like, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, so it's like some of the more recent Atlas games in that style is they get way into just like shit just happens automatically and you have no control over it. And it's kind of just right. RNG. And I, I, I basically in especially in an action RPG like this, I want control over my characters at all time. Mm hmm. Yeah, I get that. But, uh, um, I, Yuvi does sound cool, though. I do want to play as her to just see some yeah. of the flippy shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean she's flippy and she's cool and she she can <laughs> she can wield some cool weapons. So, yeah. So do know. we want to? How much do we want to talk about story now that we've, I think we we've should talk? Into I def I definitely think we should talk about what it sets up for the next game and also kind of right. what it reintroduces into the story. Um, I want to take like a two second detour to just say uh, everyone should give Fort Condor a chance. Um, yeah. Fort Condor I keep hearing about this is uh, a strategy little tabletop game that you can play in this in the in the remake and intermission that is a I guess a, I, I'll be really interested to see Imran if they like also have an actual Fort Condor battle in the Final Fantasy 7 remake stuff. I have no idea, but I bet they, they like you see the tower, but you don't actually go there and do the thing. Right. Yeah, I bet you're right. But it's like in the original game, you would go to Fort Condor, an actual place, and do this little strategy game uh, in order to basically do a little bit of a story thing. And then you can also optionally do some other stuff there to get like the Phoenix materia and do some other stuff. In Intermission, they've turned that into like a game that everyone plays. Um, and it's very good. It's very like it's a little bit rock, scissors, uh, rock, scissors, paper combined with like like an auto battler kind of, uh, it's like command and conquer. I would say yeah. like you, you spawn things <laughs> to take over bases, essentially rock, paper, scissors mixed with an auto battler mixed with command and conquer. Yeah. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> All you're makes like sense now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're just kind of dropping <laughs> units and capturing, uh, towers and stuff. So it's like, I don't know. I got super addicted to this and I ended up playing this more than the actual game itself. I think. Yeah. I, I like put it this way, Stephen. It's like when a Yakuza minigame overtakes the main game. Yeah, I was I was literally about to say, you know, this kind of sounds like the construction def like site defense from Yakuza Kiwami Two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, Imran? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. And like this one, so th you have a set of people to fight in normal mode. When you go do this again in hard mode, they want you to do it all over again, and it's way harder. So if you're really into Fort Condor, go through the hard mode stuff because it's like, yeah, it's, that's where I think it really starts shining. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Does it? Do you get anything for it? Uh, yeah. Well, Materia, you get, I think. Yeah, you get you you basically get points for wins that you exchange with a specific vendor. Um. So there are like. You can buy units and, and boards and stuff with, with those points, but you can also buy stuff for the game itself. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah, that there is a benefit to actually doing that, which I like. Yeah. Um, Imran talking about like how this is like Yakuza, just like, oh, maybe I should go boot up integrate, you know, maybe I should, <laughs> yeah, maybe I should I go mean, finish this off. There's yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that here. Um, I think it's like, yeah, I, I, it, it is, to me, it is very funny. Um, like, this isn't a big deal, but I do think it's very funny that, like, this game is, like, a fucking sensation. 
like uh, like they're treating it like oh everyone plays fort condor and like i just love that like that's you know a totally new concept for this thing based on the intermission i just love little retcons like that of like everyone plays fort condor when it was it's, never spoken of before it's weird how much of an asshole yuffie is about it like yeah, when you go challenge people she is such a jerk like yeah. she will, she will shit talk them. She will like brag after winning. Like there's a point where you go meet Jesse. Yeah. Jesse is very, very understandably upset that cloud is missing. Uh-huh. And Yuffie basically just like shit talks her and, and bullies her until she plays Fort Condor with her. It's so weird. She's like sitting outside. She's sitting outside Tifa's seventh heaven, kind of despondent that they that she doesn't know where Cloud is. And Yuffie's just like, play this game with me, jerk. Play this game with me. <laughs> you got you. a shiny like, Charizard in there? I'll play you for it. I'm like, don't be mean to Jesse. Jesus. I was like, come on. We don't know if uh, she's alive or not. We yet. have no idea. Um Yeah, so I don't know. Four condor rules, though. I it's one of it's it's low-key. Oh, uh huh. Am I? Uh, yeah, I think I, I. Yeah, I think I feel comfortable saying this. I think it's the best mini game that they've done for a Final Fantasy game since like since Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, for triple triads. Yeah. yeah, I think I could agree with that. You I mean, you agree I think, with that. I think it depends on how you feel about Blitzball. I guess. I mean, Some people really love it, like Blitzball. I love Blitzball. I'm a pervert for Blitzball, but I also <laughs> think I know that like. Like that, uh, that, like, that, like, I'm wrong. Like, I kind of get this overwhelming <laughs> sense that, like, I'm wrong, even though I love it. I like, I love it more than anything in the world, but I also think I'm wrong. <laughs> you um, and Jeff Gerstmann's wife, the only people on the planet <laughs> fucking love Blitzball. I love Blitzball. I put, I put a, a significant amount of time into Blitzball, but I think in terms of like immediately recognizing this is a good game that they made and they could like, repackage this in a real way like the fucking witcher team did with gwent and i, I was literally angry. also thinking how long before I, this gets gwented well i i don't think it will like my guess is that this has not penetrated like i think this is the thing that they designed to be this kind of cute thing and whatever i don't think it I don't, i'm gonna guess it doesn't capture the imagination of the public but like <laughs> but like i really liked it if they package this and put it out as something i could understand them doing that blitzball needed work to do that i think like needed a lot of work to make that a standalone thing but like for condor i can see the path um but yeah who knows if they will but i love i love that mini game i think it's very good mm. um but yeah like i don't know i think it's important to talk about what happens in this game i think like you know it's a lot of focus on yuffie looking for the ultimate materia which is kind of a MacGuffin, and it continues to be a MacGuffin. and it's is it just it, called the ultimate material do they not say like what does it do or anything I mean, it's it's basically the huge materia, right? It's like yeah. later in the game. It's just they haven't made it yet. Like, they haven't made it it's yet. it's still existing like rumors, and Yuffie is basically acting on a lead. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So she's acting on a lead. It becomes clear that it's they've basically dropped work on the ultimate materia to uh, destroy the plate, essentially. Uh, so like it has it, they've stopped production on it. Scarlet's like okay. Uh, yeah, we don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but we're going to drop a plate. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. It kind of goes from there. Um, yeah. See, shit like basically Yuffie's mission is to get into the Shinra building to steal a little bit of materia. Yeah. In terms of timeline, I think they arrived there just before the plate falls. Yeah. Right. And 
Like I, that's one of the things I like about this is that when you go there, the Shinra building, which you have seen before in remake is bustling. There's just people all over right. the place. Oh, and then yeah. you, really like cool. Yuffie and Sodan create a big mess in the, the basement. And like it, it attracts a lot of guards and a lot of attention, but Yuffie yourself escapes. I think what that's supposed to mean is that that explains why there's no real resistance to Cloud and Barrett coming in. Oh, because okay. they're already like all their attention has been put on like other stuff and like with the plate falling and all that, like they don't have the resources to necessarily fight off like their small little incursion. And that's one yeah. of the like little things I like about this is it adds a little bit of context to it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, because th- that was the thing that was so funny about the original game is that it, it was empty in the original game. I think just from like kind of not necessity, but like uh, what were they going to do? Just have this like, giant bustling business, you know, uh, corporate tower and and all that stuff. But it's like I like that they explained it. I mean, it's they're they're explaining why there was so little actual resistance to your team in the remake because they were busy with all this other stuff. I agree. They- I thought that was cool. They back to the future to it, like, oh, while all of that stuff was going on, there was a whole yeah. different thing happening. <laughs> a little bit, which I think is really smart because, you know, if you're going to weave these other characters that were more secondary into the story, it's like you might as well, I don't know, use them in these interesting ways to give context to, uh, to other stuff that's happening. So, I don't know, no, I yeah, cool. I actually love conceptually the idea of giving Yuffie her own a character who was, again, like this optional character that like got barely any. Uh, characterization because she was optional like the idea of really filling her out for like the first time ever she never got her own game like Vincent she's not really even in fucking (laughs) advent children she doesn't show up until like last 30 seconds to like have an armful of material and say hey cloud and that's basically her entire role in that movie I think the most line she's had after episode 7 has been in Kingdom Hearts games like yeah and she was a part of Dirge but she was not like a huge part of it right yeah but she she's like one of the first Final Fantasy 7 characters or one of the first Final Fantasy characters you meet in Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Dirge, um <laughs> yeah, I hope you, Deep I, Ground. I hope you hope you played Dirge of Cerberus. Okay. If you this game. It is it is so confusing if you never played Dirge of Cerberus. Like uh-huh. they they just like they introduce Weiss and I've forgotten the other guy's name Nero? on the top of my Nero, yes. And like they they introduce them. And like we says, oh, they're scanning me for a VR experiment, which you, if you play Dirge, you know, is a lie because yeah. they are doing that. But it's also just Hojo like uploading his brain into into Weiss or something like that. Yeah. I forget how exactly that works. Weiss. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, on the bright side, everyone on the you know, on the planet has played Dirge of Cerberus. It's really easy <laughs> to find and uh, play on modern hardware now if people want to go back and experience that story to get this context. Uh, so like. You know, at least they chose something that was so ubiquitous. The <laughs> the shortest hand I could give you about Deep Ground is that there are a group of soldiers that have been imbued with Genesis Rhapsodos' DNA. And if that doesn't mean anything for to you, then, like, you've got a lot of ground to make up, I think, <sighs> in the Final Fantasy VII universe. In fairness, they also just don't try to explain it to you at all. No, they the don't. Deal. Like, Yuffie and Sonon are also confused and are just fighting yeah. their way out. And, like, they're, it, it doesn't feel like it should be any more significant than it actually, like, <laughs> than they treat it. Of, I, like, 
you guys are weird. I just want to get out of here. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, Nero's got like a face. Uh, he's wearing a straight jacket and this like face mask. Um, and he's got these two wings and stuff. And everyone's just like, wait, what the fuck? And like, and like, you know, the player is like, what the fuck? And Yuffie's like, what the fuck? And, um, <laughs> and it's, it's pretty much like uh, to their credit, to their credit. I agree. I agree. I don't think they, I don't think they're introducing deep ground as a thing that you should know. I think they're introducing deep ground as like, like okay, this is going to be a part of this narrative, but if you didn't mm. know it already, that's okay. We're going to catch you up a little bit. I yeah. hope, I hope that's the case. There is a thing that happens at the end that makes yeah. me think, Oh, this is coming up again. Yeah. Oh, that, for sure. So I get we have to talk about this because we, we actually do, do have to talk about this part. But Vincent yeah. Valentine appears and you play a third person shooter sequence. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, so once Yuffie and Sonon do defeat Nero and they defeat him like at full power. It's like an actual very cool boss fight. Yeah, uh, cool. he he still manages to kill Sonon and Yuffie escapes. At the end, you don't see Sonon's body, but you see the body rise up a little bit, and you know Nero's power is to absorb and take over bodies. Yep. So oh. I'm I am guessing in like a game or two at some point, maybe when you go to Wutai, uh, Nero will be there with Sonon. Yeah, yeah, I, huh. I agree. Yeah, so Deep Ground is uh, Deep Ground's back, y'all. Finally, yeah, <laughs> finally. The thing we've all been asking for. <laughs> the clamoring can end. The villainous group from Dirge of Cerberus, the widely panned spinoff of Final Fantasy VII. That has so never been released since PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is that like you see the you see the fate ghost during the DLC and they prevent you from doing anything like going into seventh heaven. Right. But Oh, can Yuffie see them? Yuffie cannot see them. The okay. player, player, you know, having played FS7, you understand why this is suddenly blocked by some invisible force. But right. the the stuff that all happens in the Yuffie DLC is before Cloud and Co. defeat the Fate Ghosts and like break free from the right. cycle. So yeah. theoretically, it had always happened this way. So I'm curious, like what what changed for Yuffie after that? Because they don't really go into that that much. Yeah. Right. I guess that's what we see in part two when Yuffie teams up with the main crew, right? Right. Like yeah. her her ending for this is she's just like on a wagon being led by a Chikobo just being like, well, wonder what's next. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I well, she's basically like, I need a better team, essentially. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, or I need a bigger, not a better team. That would be weird. If, like, her, <laughs> it's like, if her partner wow, gets killed, you fucking die, yeah, idiot. Like, fucking son on by. <laughs> Like, <laughs> peace. No, no, no. She's Way to like, fucking go, dork. Uh, she's like, I need more folks to take down Shinra, which is obviously clearly what's going to happen. And then, right. big spoilers, uh, we do see the crew from the original game heading to Calm. Uh, they're walking to Calm, by the way. Yeah. Um, As, what do they do in the main game? They walk there. The, it's, they it walk just goes to the overworld map and like you okay. just walk yeah. to Calm. W- which is like 10 steps away. And in this game, it looks like it is like many, many miles away. Uh, they like they literally measure it as a day of walking. A okay. day of walking, which uh, honestly, the dialogue in that scene was really funny because uh, Barrett's like, yeah, it's about a day. And Aaron's like, yeah, so like a day, huh? Um, Like, is that like from sun up to sundown or like how I measure it, which is like sun up to like the next sun up? And he was just like, 
oh no like the first one she's like good um <laughs> which is which is important because when we all know what happened at the end of f7 remake where they show zach and like he is broken out of that timeline yeah. right uh it's where that happened was near calm. So right, yeah. this establishes the timeline of, Oh, it only takes like a day to get from calm to, uh, Midgar. So yeah. when you do see Zach again, which is the next scene, you know, it hasn't been like months or whatever. It is. Right. It has been like a roughly maybe like a day or a couple of days yeah. since he, since he and cloud managed to survive. Yeah. So Zach shows. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say a very small note there. It's I love the idea of I hope they continue this going forward, uh, like Aerith and Barrett interacting like that's just oh, not yeah. something we ever see in these games. I love the idea of more of the characters not in clouds like orbit, kind of like communicating yeah. with each other and like having characterization against like uh, up and against each other. Oh, yeah. No, that stuff's great. Like I, I, I really in that in that last scene with all of the the old crew, I did remember just like how like honestly great, like the di- like the voice acting and the dialogue kind of cadence of a lot of the writing of the original remake of the remake was, I, I was just like, yeah, th- these conversations are great and they're natural and they're funny. And um, I don't know. I I'm looking very much forward to whatever's next. We, we do see Zach show up to the church in the slums at the very end, like the very, very end. And he's like practicing what he's going to say to Aerith when he sees her, uh, which is kind of cute. And then he opens the door and then no one's, uh, she's not there. Instead, people basically taking refuge are there. And he's like, Oh, what the fuck? So Wait, to, sorry, can you go back again? Who, who comes there? Zach. Zach. When is this? No yeah. one knows. No, they, no, good the question, camera Steven. framing takes like a very deliberate, like it tries to not show what things this is. Context. Yep. Yeah. Like huh. you can't, you can't see the plate. You don't really know what's happening. Correct. So you don't know if like, this is their universe or like a parallel universe or what. Yeah. Huh? But what it does, <laughs> what it does materially to me is it kicks the can down the road for that team to figure out what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't know. Like, <laughs> because to your point, Imran, it's like, yeah, like, oh, they're going to calm. Oh, all right. So Zach came out of the thing calm. Surely they'll pass like ships in the night and they'll see each other. And it's like, nope. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like something has happened and Zach is not in the place where you would expect him to be. And uh, <laughs> the dirt. <laughs> They're they're basically just kicking, they're punting, I feel like, but it's fine. This is my theory. So, like, when we established Zack was, like, when they showed Zack before in the ending of episode 7 Remake, they showed a different stamp. Like, they, like, deliberately showed that potato chip bag that has a different stamp. Stamp the dog, like the mascot dog on this, on, like, Shinra-branded food. Like, it was a Yorkshire Terrier or something, instead of a beagle. Like, they established then that I think it's a different universe. So... I think what they're doing is they're setting up a thing where if Zack never died, which is the thing that Cloud and Aerith desperately want, they want him to have never like died, they would, wanted that tragedy never happen, then I think the idea is if he never died, things would have gone really, really badly for the FS7 universe. Right. And I think this is the first step of showing that is, okay, Zack didn't die. He's going to go back to the church. He's going to reunite with Aerith. They'll live happily ever after. Cloud is in like uh, the... Uh, the hospital or whatever recovering from his makeup right. poisoning. But no, I don't think it's that because if Aerith isn't there, that means that they, they never, so the Turks were protecting Aerith because 
of Zach's death. They th- thought about da- or Zach like as their friend, and yeah. they think about Aerith as like someone they need to protect because he's not there to do it anymore. Right. If they never got the kill confirmation on Zach, they don't protect Aerith. Mm. Shinra then knows, oh. hey, this guy that turned against Shinra and is very powerful is back in Midgar. So Hojo is like, well, let's just grab Aerith now. There's no point in waiting anymore. I think that is what's happening. And like, and because of that, obviously cloud and crew and all that don't come save her. Like the Sephiroth didn't dislike Zach. He, he liked Zach a lot. They were good friends until he went crazy. So I can definitely see a logic of Sephiroth and Zach kind of teaming together to take down Shinra. Like maybe that's like just that is wish casting to an extent like that's too far out. But I do think that this parallel universe, which has its own cloud is starting this thing of, Oh, Zach needs to die too. It's not just one person needs to die. That if Zach is alive, then everything goes wrong. That is, that is actually my greatest fear still now. And like your theory crafting around this, like, solidifies that fear more it's just like again because this is Nomura we're talking about and has a very bad track record with this stuff I really don't want the way that this story goes to be like oh Aerith has to die to to right. make the timeline right like sure. no like you don't understand like Aerith Aerith like Aerith has to die and like that's just a universal constant or something like that like that is such a boring version of this to me uh boring right. in the sense that it's just like identical to what it was before but like right. also just like uh yeah we have to sacrifice the girl again <laughs> like to, I think and it ha- she has to die for like the timeline or whatever but you wrote the timeline <laughs> So I'm right. I'm thinking personally that like Sephiroth, the Sephiroth you're fighting in this game knows what's happening. Yeah, he is aware right. of the fact that it's like this is a timeline where he does not win. So there's no reason for him to kill Aerith. Period. Like he he knows that if he kills Aerith, he loses. I think what he will do is he will kill Cloud. That's and, what I want to happen. Yeah, that's what that's <laughs> listen. Well, I think we're all on the same page there. I I think it would be so fucking metal if Cloud dies. Yeah. This, well, okay. I think Cloud will die, and I also think that's why we have an extra Cloud. Like yeah. there's literally <laughs> Zach literally brought Cloud. We got back it backed up him. in the Cloud finally. We, you, cloud, he's cloud, he's cloud. backing we have up cloud from the Cloud at home. We have Cloud at home. <laughs> he's downloading it back up from the Cloud, basically. Yeah. Like that's what I think. Like that Cloud dies, and the Cloud, like the Cloud from Zach's timeline, actually does come back, like fill that role. Interesting. Mm. Again, wild speculation, but I th- that's otherwise it just doesn't make sense because why are there now two clouds running around? Now, Imran, have you been watching Loki so on they can Disney kiss. Plus Network? Oh. <laughs> I have not watched this week's episode. I, okay, I, was, just, I was just curious because I'm like, there's a lot of parallels to this idea. Of like, I, sh- I imagine. Yeah. yeah, I should watch yeah. that fucking Loki show, huh? It's good. Uh, I, I like it. I think it's pretty good. But we can know. talk about the Loki show and uh, Marvel's Avengers, the greatest RPG of the last five years <laughs> uh, on a future episode of 99 Potions, because we should probably wrap up there. Uh, we've got uh, a, a, a softish out, but uh, an out nonetheless. And I think we're getting yeah. into what could honestly be its own special episode of us just doing another theory cast theory on crafting. Final Fantasy uh, future. Uh, but for the meantime, we're going to wrap it up there, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. We'll be back again next week. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I'm Steven Strum and you can find me on Twitter at at Steven Strum. Imran, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Imran Z-O-M-G. <laughs> and John, where can people find you? You can find me at Floppy Adult. 
And Jordan Mallory, our wonderful producer, who is going to smooth out some uh, bad audio shit that happened earlier on in the episode. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at Jordan Mallory, Jordan underscore Mallory. And you can uh, find his uh, very fun little account uh, at Goodwill Goblin on Twitter as well. Uh, You can find at Fanbyte Media at at Fanbyte Media on Twitter. And I'm trying. I'm, I'm killing time here because I'm trying to remember what we established as the new outro last week. Oh, it was the oh. clink clink. Yes, it's the clinks. Yes, yes, yes. John, did you oh, listen? We do- no, I didn't hear this. No, we we're doing a news. I wasn't prepped. I wasn't pre-proed. What's up? No, happening? it's it's fine. It's what fine. are we doing? So, what we're doing, John, is now that yeah, I remember hurting my finger. Um, <laughs> <what we're, laughs> uh, we are uh, trying to keep like a continuity between the sure, glugs because sure, sure. we want to have a bit potion oriented. Right. So yeah. instead of um, doing the glugging sound, we're right. just going to uh, gently clink our glasses into. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Fucking just Natalie. opted Jesus to Discord Christ. to say bye, nerds. <laughs> Unbelievable! Fucking three sixty no scope. Wow, I I expected no bullying, and yet she, she just she found it in the last five seconds. Parachuted in. Couldn't even make it fifty five fucking minutes. <laughs> But Natalie out there fucking getting good at Battlefield 2142 or whatever, fucking falling out of the plane, pulling out a sniper rifle and shooting us out of the sky. Right, what are we doing? We're, we're clinking. We clink. We we go up to the we go up to the bar uh, full okay. of potions just like we always do. And instead uh-huh. of giving that big lug lug, we go up and do a nice uh, uh, little clink. Thank you.